What an honor to have them here again. And, um, and it just so fits with what the Lord is going to have us study in Scripture this morning. You know, there comes a time in people's spiritual lives when the Lord will teach them this lesson. You can't go farther until you go deeper. In your relationship with me, you will never go farther in life until you go deeper in your relationship with me. But there reaches a certain point in spiritual maturity where the Lord tells you the other part of that. You will not go any deeper with me until you go farther, until you cross boundaries that are safe for you, until you get with people who are not like you because they will teach you what you cannot learn by yourself, what you cannot learn by your group. You will not go deeper until you go farther. We are, we are at a tipping point in our church. And I wanna tell you about that. And, and most of you know that term. A tipping point is the, is the um, point at which an individual or a a product or an organization reaches a critical mass and what they have been doing by incremental increase goes viral. What they have been managing and planning cannot be managed or planned anymore. It goes of its own accord and it becomes a movement. We are at that point in our church. I want to tell you about how God has our future, has predicted our future, has planned your life. You don't know what, what your future is. God does. God does. And God wants to reveal part of that to you. That's what the prophecy is all about. He wants to reveal what he has in mind for you. I've told you before, all of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each of you knit together in your mother's womb. <clears throat> your days are planned. Your days were ordained when there was not yet as one of them. But there comes a time when he lets you in on what he's doing with you and what he's doing with our church. One of you, thank you, Jennifer, sent me a scripture this week that rung in my heart. It's out of Habakkuk, Habakkuk, many, many, many people pronounce this. Habakkuk chapter one, verse five, and this is what it says. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. What is happening all around the world right now is absolutely mind boggling. And usually we continue in our daily life unaware, but I want you to see the movement of God even more. I want you to see our part of it even more. I want you to see your part of it. See scripture predicts it says in Galatians chapter three, verse eight, the scripture foreseeing 
that God, I want you to remember that word, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Everybody who doesn't have a personal faith in God, everybody who's not following God. That's a whole lot of people in the world. And he still has a heart for them. That God would justify or save the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. Now, who is Abraham? That'd be us. We're all children of Abraham. Has that happened yet? No. Is it happening now? Yes. With us. I want to share something with you. The reason I came down here. Some of you know part of that story, but you don't know the rest of the story. And I've never had an occasion to share this with you until now because it's never been relevant until now. Many of you know the part of the story where there was a small group of women who began praying in 1984 that God would disturb the heart of the pastor who was supposed to be their pastor. At that same time, I was in Indiana waking up every night in the middle of the night with my heart all disturbed. And I couldn't figure out why. Well, there was a family in our um, um, our congregation um, at Mount Auburn United Methodist, who we were very close to. We're still very close to the family. But the mom and dad, um, Don and LaVon Meek said, you know, we've got a place at the lake, Sweetwater Lake. Some of you know this if you're Indianians. Uh, Sweetwater Lake, if you ever need to use it, just let me know. Well, I never take people, very seldom take people up on that, but, but I knew I had to get away. Becky told me, <laughs> she said, you gotta go away. You gotta listen to God. You gotta figure out what this is about. And so I did, I, I, I went away um, just for a prayer retreat. And I wanna tell you what happened there and I'm gonna kinda of draw it out for you. First of all, Nancy Taylor, who uh, is one of uh, Don and LaVon's children, still a very good friend of Becky and I. As a matter of fact, she's part of a Northland, our, our Northland family, uh, even though she's still in Indiana. Um, I, had, I asked her if she could get a picture of the place where I went so you could actually picture it. This is a house where I went. Um, and I want you to, uh, to especially note, now I, I want you to see, this is up on a hill. All right, so, so it overlooks the lake. Now, when I went, it was December 4th, Tuesday, 1984. I'll never forget it. It was, it was cold, it was snowy. There were no leaves on the tree, so I could see the lake perfectly. And many a day, I would stand right in front of these, these windows and look out at the lake. And, and this is just a little picture of, of the, the, the inlet, this is a, there's an inlet. Uh, the house is over here, I'll draw it for you in a minute. Um, but I wanted you to see that um, usually there's calm waters here and there's a little bit more disturbed waters out here, okay? And that's exactly what happened that day, only this part was absolutely glass. So let me tell you about December 6, 1984. I was standing looking at the lake. And I'm talking out loud to God. I told you before, didn't I? When, I? when I get alone with God, I just talk out loud to him. Sometimes I sing to him. God's about the only one that can take my singing. But he delights in a joyful noise. And I had taken along a hymn book. I love hymns. 
And I'd taken along a hymn book and I was singing to him. And, and, and then I said, I just, I was standing there in front of these, these glass doors. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I've prayed that many times before. Haven't you prayed that? Many times. God, what do you want me to do? And, and, and I, wanna, I just want to create this scene for you here. Here's the little inlet. Here's the house somewhere over here looking down over the lake. The water, because these are raised up places, the water here is calm. All right? Right, right here in this, in this part, the water is calm. But I, but I want um, to... Um, I want, I want to, you to know that the, the water out here in the rest of the lake is, is very rough. Okay, so this part is all disturbed, all right? And I use that word advisedly. So I'm standing here. Actually, it was back a little bit. I'm standing right about here. Okay, in front of these doors. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? And out from this part, as soon as I got those words out of my mouth, this is what I saw. Have you ever been at a lake and just watching the lake and, and even in the, in the calm part of the lake, there'll be a shear of wind that comes and just disturbs a part of that water. That's exactly what happened here. I said, God, what do you want me to do? And this is what I see. There's a slow moving line, singular line. I thought that my first thought is, that's an alligator. I'm in Indiana in December and I'm thinking it's an alligator, you know? And I, and I don't know to this day whether it went slow, that slowly or my mind just slowed it down. I, I don't know. But I know here comes this line that's proceeding, it stops. It makes a 90 degree turn. It stops again. It makes another 90 degree turn and it continues out to about here and then it just starts spreading and it joins the rest of the, the, the disturbed part of the water. Now, let me tell you, uh, I, I, I'm not going to erase this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you just to forget this line just for a moment. I'll come back to it and interpret it for you as the Lord did to me. I knew immediately what he was asking me to do. He was asking me to leave. See, this was my ministry. This was my ministry so far. All right. I knew that there was an abrupt turn. This would be my new ministry. And then it would go along in pretty much of a straight line until it got to this point. And then it would change in all aspects and just spread out. All right. So I'm standing there. I see this. I know what it is. And I, so I just <laughs> I do this. I do this with God. I argue with him sometimes. And, 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 so, and, and so I'm standing there, and, and I love my congregation at Mount Auburn. Those are some of the best friends I ever had. And I'm a loyal person, 
once I'm in a relationship, I'm in the relationship forever. I mean, hell or high water, I'm there. And so everything in me doesn't want to leave. And so I said, what if I don't leave? Here it comes again. Here comes the line. And it stops. And it does this. I knew immediately what that meant. So I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Now, let me tell you what I know to be true. I know that this is my ministry up to the time I made the transition to Northland, the green part, was my 15 years as United Methodist, and this isn't drawn to scale, of course. 15 years as United Methodist pastor. This transition time, this first three years at Northland is a transition time. I know that. This is my time at Northland in a growing church. That is the past 30 years. This is my time at Northland. But no matter how big the church grows, I know there's something else. And I didn't know really what it was until it started happening last year. I could see it in my mind. You know, God says we plan forward, but we understand backwards. And so that's why I'm telling you this. I want to tell you where we are right now. We are right here. This is the tipping point. And this is where what we have been doing spreads into a movement to join together with what God is doing in the rest of the world. And so I want to tell you that God has not only a plan for our church, but watch this. God is such a God of detail. God is such a God of beauty and artistry. He is so sovereign over the details that each one of you has been just as led here as I have. You may not have seen the sign in the water, but I want to tell you what he has planned for you, what he has planned for your ministry is just as detailed and just as, as, as um, um, God-guided as my life is. You know, I've been saying for a long time that we believe in a revealing God. There'd be no way we could know who God is unless he revealed himself to us. He loves to reveal himself to us. He doesn't always tell us what, what is in the, in the future because we couldn't take it if he did and we wouldn't believe it if he did. That's what the scripture says. I can tell you, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. So we don't know what lies in the future, but he does. And there is a reason why you were made like you were made. There is a reason why you've been through what you've been through. And there is a reason why you are still here to do something you have not yet accomplished. And God is in charge of all of that and he wants you to know why and how. And that's why we are at the tipping point. 
because this isn't just a big, you know, I, I talk about, you know, global, uh, you know, evangelism. Everybody goes, yeah, great. And it, but you sit there thinking, I, I mean, that's a good idea, but I'm trying to figure out what to do tomorrow. I'm trying to figure out what to do with the mess I've got on my hands. I'm trying to figure out how to meet the next bill. I'm trying to meet, I'm trying to figure out how to not mess up what I've got. I, you know, global event, I, yeah, I'm all for it, but it has nothing to do with the way I live my life. Au contraire. Yeah, it really does. Because God doesn't do global evangelism in big events. God does global evangelism in relationships, personal relationships, just like he came down for us to have a personal relationship, just like he makes with us a personal relationship. And that's how he's going to win the whole world. And so how we live our lives every day has everything to do with how God will use us. Can I just say, we, we tend just to transfer the, the working of God to other people who really experienced it. You know, I, I was, uh, Pastor Gus and I and, and, and a few of you went um, Friday night to a Korean cantata. Korean cantata. This is an award-winning Korean um, 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 choir and they're all Christians and, 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 and so before they did the cantata, they did, they did um, uh, the Christmas drama when Christ came. And so I'm, we're sitting there watching and, and it's a Korean troupe. So of course, all of the shepherds are Korean. Absolutely. The wise men, Korean. Absolutely. Mary and Joseph, Korean. Jesus, I'm just saying. Your first thought is, well, that's, you know, that's nice, but that's not really how it happened. And your second thought is, but that's how it's happening now. Because you see, the coming of Christ wasn't just an event in history. It's an agenda that God has every day of history. And it always doesn't look like ethnic Hebrews. It looks like whoever you are and whatever relationships you have. And taking your, watch this, next step toward God and helping others take their, watch this, next step toward God. And so we have this wonderful agenda that God has given us. And it all starts with prayer. Could I just say that what we're about to talk about and what we're, what we're doing is in no way a plan of ours. I cannot tell you what this church is going to look like in five years. I can't. Because when you're walking with God, you have no idea what he's going to do. So I, I don't know. All I know is I trust God. I can't tell you what my life is going to look like in five years. All I know is I trust God. But, but what we want to do is engage everyone in prayer so that they can step out with God in their own lives and be led by God in their own lives. We know that's the starting point. It says in 1 John, there's this, there's this wonderful scripture. It says, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God 
that if we ask anything according to his will, now stop right there. There will be people who say, you should never pray if it be your will, because that subtracts from faith. Should I say, you should never pray anything else but if it be your will. Because if you're not praying the will of God, then you have no business praying. You know, you're trying to convince God to do your stuff. Now the prayer is getting our ourselves in position to do God's stuff. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Some of you say, well, how do I know if it's in God's will? Well, pray as close as you can and you'll find out. Because if it's God's will, he'll give it to you. Either immediately or eventually. And if it's not, he's got something better for you than you have asked for. This is all about God. This is about his agenda. And so therefore, these two things we know about God's will, all right? These two things, and this is why we want everybody to pray for the tipping point we're in right now. We know these two things because Jesus said them explicitly. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, this is what he said. This was our agenda. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Stop right here. Does that include our nation? Yes. You betcha it does. Does that include the nation in your house? Yes. You betcha it does. Does that include the nation of some of the folks at your workplace, of your associations? You bet it does. Nations in scripture is ethnos. It just means a people group. It means a, a group of people who gather together and are enough alike to be categorized as a people. So whatever relationships you have, those are some of the nations right there. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now wait, stop. What have we learned in first principles? That when baptizing, when you baptize someone, you're, it's not just a religious rite. It is a community entry. That's what baptism meant. You belong to a new community. So what do we know God wants from us? We know God wants us to spread the faith and spread the family. That's, those are the two things we know he wants. That's all we need to know, really. Except one third thing. What's my next step? What's my next step? And so that's why we're in the process we're in right now, the tipping point. The tipping point is just an effort of this particular church to engage everyone to pray to God and ask, what's my next step? Now, part of that is financial because to be honest, finances are something we think about more than probably any other subject on a, on a daily basis. So how you're gonna have God enter your life and follow him and leave out finances is beyond me. As a matter of fact, it's impossible. Somebody says, boy, it's tough to talk about finances. Could I just say this? This is the easiest thing in the world. This is what we manage, this is what we got. You know, to take the next step financially with God, that's something concrete. Everybody can decide that. Everybody can do that. And so this is the easy part. What do I give? And then how do I live? That's a little bit rougher, but we'll get to that. But let me, let me go to the first part first because I'm supposed to explain this, this card and it's part of my charge for the day and I don't want to drop my, 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 my job 
And it's really, this is, I love this idea, I gotta tell you, because it is, again, concrete. You know, we had a, we had a funeral here um, um, Friday of an Orlando police uh, officer, Karen Long, and she was just, she was, she was part of our church. And she was one of the most incredibly evangelistic and compassionate people I'd ever, I'd ever known, 41 years old. And I can remember having a conversation with her out, out in the foyer. And, uh, and Friday, it was the, the, they had her pink, because she died of breast cancer, her pink cruiser out there, police cruiser, in the foyer, about, right about where I'd had that conversation with her. And she was talking about going through treatments. And, 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 and about three minutes into it, I realized she wasn't talking about cancer. She wasn't talking about treatments. She was talking about Jesus. And I realized something else. She wasn't trying to get me to encourage her in her faith. She was trying to encourage me in my faith. You know, at her funeral, by the time it was my turn to talk, there was nothing more to say. I, I challenged the entire congregation, endeavor to live a life where by the time it's the preacher's turn, there's nothing left to say because the gospel has already been preached and it's already been lived. That's simply what we're talking about here, living that kind of life. And so we, we, the, the, the idea of a commitment card and her sister had, had, was having a pretty rough life till she came down to live with Karen and, and then came to North and got saved right over there. Ran down the aisle, you know, when we had an altar call. And, 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 but the, the power of actually doing something, something physical, that's why we have um, um, uh, altar calls periodically or have people stand periodically if they want to follow Christ. Because the power in an actual physical act is a great, is a big deal, because we're physical people. And so to hand in a card, and we're not gonna hand these in until, until uh, November 7th. If you're, if you're not gonna be here that weekend, then you can, you can hand it in a little bit ahead of time, but don't fill it out now. If your hands start to, oh, I can do this, don't do that. You gotta pray, this is, this is just a prompting, just, so, you know, if your spouse starts to fill it, just slap their hand, say, don't do it, we gotta pray. Because that's what the card's for, pray. Say, God, what would you have me do? This isn't about money. This is about you. This is about my life in you. And so let me, let me go through the card real quick because it's just all about the next step. Pray, give, live. Three parts. Super simple. What's my next step? For the, for, for the financial part, we're just encouraging you to take your next step. If, and, and, and by the way, the, the, the little blanks down here, this gets really, hardly anybody ever thinks of annual giving. I don't think in terms of annual giving. Um, um, I, I just think in terms of, okay, I'm getting my next paycheck or a portion of every um, uh, financial increase I get in between. That's how I give, you know. But in order to save our bookkeepers heart attacks and strokes, if you would do the math before it got to them, we'd appreciate it. So however you give, Figure it out on an annual basis, um, and, 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 if, and if you're just starting, you would leave that first one blank, and there's no shame in that. We don't do shame. We don't do blame. We don't do guilt, okay? Just go, ah, ah, you know, so just leave that first one blank. And then the increase, this is where the prayer comes in. 
Lord, what's my next step? What's my next step? And then, and then add it all up. And then um, some of you got stuff that you don't need. Just, you know, we are, we are a nation of accumulators, aren't we? Holy cow, I might need that someday, you know? And then we turn around, we can't even move through our houses for crying out loud. So you get stuff you could sell, you know? And some of it's big stuff like stocks and, or land or, or property or boats or cars or whatever. Um, and, and jewelry or whatever. And some of it's little stuff that you could have a garage sale. Don't ask us to have a church garage sale. Oh my gosh. But, but, but you could, you, whatever. That's resource giving. That's the resource giving. Uh, the, 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 so so if, if you're not giving, start. Okay, just that's it. If you are giving, we're asking you to take your next step, and that is be consistent. Out of every, you know, every um, um, increase I get, all the money I get, I'm going to give a portion to the Lord. If you're being consistent, we're going to ask you to tithe. It's the, it's it's the it's biblical. By the way, we've we got a video here. I'm going to I'm going to show you this video. Um, um, uh, the Rutlands did this and, and it's, it's about how they kind of came to this awareness um, and the measuring stick from now on is people's lives how people's lives are being lived because quite frankly that's how we're going to be judged you never be judged on how much scripture you know isn't that a big relief but you will be judged on how much scripture you do so, so I want you to listen to this and then I'll be back up and we'll wind up you know, finances are something that, that can really impact your marriage. And for us, it's, it's just as important when we're discussing our general budget and our general finances to continue to pray and talk about what God's calling us to do regarding our giving. We're the Rutlands. We've been attending Northland for over 15 years. Well, when I started with Northland, it was a uh, Bible study for high school students and then the young adult ministry in college and doing some of those things when I'd come back home. But when we started dating, we started to go to Northland together and just decided it was kind of the place that we wanted to continue our, in our faith. We really love the, the message of giving and of, of being an outwardly focused uh, congregation and um, we love the worship. It just felt like home. I always saw my mom tithing, or at least what I knew to be tithing. She would take out a number of dollars and twenties and different times and just give more. So she taught me to tithe. She didn't teach me the amount that God told us to tithe, being 10% or more, but she taught me the principle of it. I was raised Catholic and I remember my parents putting money in the envelope and the envelope going into the basket at church, but um, it wasn't until I came to Northland and started taking some of the different financial studies that I realized that there was an actual number that God in the Bible had asked us to give, that, um, that our tithe actually meant 10%. It wasn't just what you felt like giving or what you thought you had that week, and I was, I was shocked. I decided with my first real job after I graduated college that I was going to start tithing like I had seen my mom do. So I will say at first there was a little guilt, like I need to make up for all the years that I worked in fast food restaurants to get myself through high school and then college. But then I thought, no, I'm going to start now. We didn't come from a place of financial comfort. We ended up with school debt, we had credit card debt, and it took us a long time to work through that. But we were able to do it and we were doing it tithing. Yes. Which 
you know, the finance guy in me was kind of like, man, we could take this money and knock down our debt faster. Right. But at the same time, we knew in our hearts that the right thing to do was tithe. Mm -hmm. And we felt that that's what God was leading us to do. It's been a journey and it's been all about consistent giving and not missing the time, but being purposeful and, and budgeting the amount and doing that each and every week. Mm -hmm. And I think we continue to feel called to grow more, but for us, it's been about consistent giving each and every month as God has given to us. Northland does some amazing things with the times that come in. You know, it, it just, it's astounding, the ripple effect. And you think, well, how can my 10% of my small income make any kind of difference? But it really does. Every dollar is important. And, you know, it, it's all extrapolated in a way that, that only God knows. In the Bible, God says we give money to the church for people that need help. Good job. <laughs> Here's a hint. If you didn't make a video, always end it with a kid. I mean, doesn't it just grab your heart and drag you around? So let me just, let me, this is, this is so simple. You don't need a big explanation on this. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drag that out. Look at it, pray. That's all we want. But again, let me remind you why. And then I'm gonna pray and close this out. Each person who is listening to me, no matter where you are, is a God-made gift to the world. And God wants all of us to know why he made us like he did, why we've been through what we have, and what we have yet to do, so that when we step over the line, we hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. But as I've told you before, there was no way you will ever find that out by yourself. You've got to be with other Christians, that's God's plan, who are doing the mission of God and you're doing it with them. And as you are walking along with other Christians, both in the big church and the personal church, we'll get to this, we'll get to this. It will dawn on you by the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. Now I know why you made me. Now I know why you gave me the relationships I have. These are no accidents. Now I know why you led me to Northland, just like you led Pastor Joel to Northland. Now I know, and I praise you for it. Would you stand and I'll pray for us all. Lord, we know that you are moving. And we're gathered here because we care about you. We worship you. We want to be on your side. We want to praise you. That's why we're even in this worship service. <clears throat> so help us to pray. Help our movement, our next step to be because we had an inkling from you what we were to do and we responded in faith and then take that step and create a journey that does not just affect our lives but affects the generations to come. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before you go this morning, let me, let me remind you, uh, if you're on the Longwood location, the, the, 
the hub will talk to you if you would like to mentor middle schoolers. By the way, if you want to do that, immediate sainthood. I'm just, I'm conferring it on you, okay? I'm just conferring it on you right now. Um, but if you want to mentor middle schoolers, uh, go to the hub. Um, the, the Kiev Symphony Orchestra and Choir will do a partial um, um, concert um, Monday night after the service. This is just a part of their team. And they'll do a full concert at St. Paul's Presbyterian on Tuesday. So you're invited to that. Um, online ministers, Bill Gary and Nathan Clark, prayer team up here. God love you. Go out and love people like Jesus. Pray, God will lead. Amen.